everybody. Welcome back to Where You From. I'm Sarah Benincasa. This is the podcast that explores origin stories. And my guest today is Adam Pally. He lives in New York. And when I was in New York City, he came into the podcast lab at Anchor to talk about growing up in Livingston, New Jersey. Adam is an interesting guy because he did grow up in Jersey, but he's got a Midwestern accent because he spent some formative time in the Chicagoland area. And we get into that a bit. We talk about Judaism. We talk about the role of religion and culture in life. We talk about live comedy. We talk about parents. We talk about being a bad kid and a good kid. It's fun. I hope you like it. And please, by all means, tune in to this veteran actor, producer, writer, humans, new series, Champagne Ill, which drops December 12th on YouTube. It's him and Sam Richardson and Jay Farrow. And if you dug him in Happy Endings, The Mindy Project, Band-Aid, Most Likely to Murder, Your Sweet, Sweet Dreams, you will love him in Champagne Ill. So let's get going. I'm here with the wonderful, hilarious, really great at sneaker shopping, oh. Adam Pally. Uh, that's a horror. I f- that is a terrible so, intro. No, I just like I feel bad that that's part of my like good at sneaker. Well, it is what it is. I, I you like... you have great. I've told you this. I think you have great style, and you're really good at. You just have a really good visual eye. Oh, thank you. Um, I, uh, I I I learned. My wife um, is a an amazing photographer and. Uh, Owned a clothing store um, for a long time till I made her give up her dreams to raise our family. <laughs> um, but I That's learned. So sweet. <laughs> I, she went to school of visual arts, and I learned a lot from her. And uh, her friends um, were pretty influential on me and and my aesthetic. Yeah, and how would you? This is so, such an obnoxious question because my first instinct is to go, okay, well, did you guys meet when she was at SVA? So I do want to know that, but I also want to know. Um, when you were growing up in dun, 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 Livingston, New Jersey, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Were you were you into art classes? Like, did you were you into design in any way? Um, no, <laughs> no. I was into uh, things. I think like I, I was into the same kind of things I am now in a certain way, which I guess is probably says a lot about my arrested development. But I, I, you know. Um, basketball and sneakers i feel like a lot of kids my age middle class uh upper middle class they like these the the basketball was growing michael jordan was like reaching to the suburbs and you know um so it was a time when a lot of urban black culture was being mass marketed to those of us who grew up white kids in the suburbs yeah and so we started to be i think uh at least from my perspective i feel like at that time I'm a couple years older than you, but also grew up in Jersey. And I think at that time we were starting to become exposed to things that we wouldn't necessarily see or experience in our tiny little towns. Yes. Yeah. And I, I had, I was like, a, I'm sure a lot of kids were, uh, but I was like a transplanted kid from, from a couple cities at the time that I had already gotten to Livingston. So I feel like I was already, uh, kind of like looking around for, you know, whatever the, uh, uh, cool thing was at the time. I was really into music. I, 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 I comedy, like I, it, it, those were my interests. Um, so design never came, it didn't come till later, but I think subconsciously I've always kind of been into design because I just am very conscious of the way things look on my, I think in my work, 
Mm-hmm. You know, I try to make sure that like things I'm always trying to make sure that things have like an aesthetic and I think I'm getting more better at that as I I work more and then I have more tools. Um, because you've expanded. I mean, you've been, a, I think, a, a writer and actor for a hot minute, but you're a producer, <laughs> you're create a show creator or co-creator now. Yeah. 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 Uh, a couple of them. Yeah. I, it's fun. It's I, I think it's like that. It, it feels like the natural trajectory. I think I feel like my time at UCB is like a microcosm for kind of my growth in the industry. And uh, after I became like proficient uh, on stage and I kind of knew how I could function and I knew what I what I found funny and how to like relay that I started to kind of ha- take interest in other people's work and and be like how can I uh like I like that I, I think I can move it this way and move it that way and say say something they're not saying because they're not seeing it the same way that people have done that for me uh so um yeah it's just an instinct and and kind of a uh another way to work it's you know? cool to to think about how you know not that i'm i'm not like an adam pally completist that would be disturbing <laughs> oh, I you i've never like, heard let <laughs> me tell you all of the things you did in 2006 or no something. no i got oh my god no, it's like <laughs> this is your life uh, a weird super fan but it is cool to see that you it sounds at least my perception is that you have sometimes taken on um a more uh, like more of a leadership role an ownership role probably a mentor, a coach, or somebody who's elevating, helping elevate other voices. Um, I the, it's like you know, giving it's, people jobs. You're a job creator. It's strictly selfish. It, <laughs> it, you know, like it's it really is because like I think uh, I come from again like the people that that I learned from like Amy Poehler is kind of like my like you know like that's what she, you know her and Matt and Ian those those guys did for me. Uh, so I look at it's just feels like that's the way you work, you know, is that you, you take your knowledge. If you're not like, I, sometimes I have ideas and I write them all the way through. And sometimes I don't, it's just like that, you know, I think you just have to be a really good collaborator because that's the way that I came up was like in a group always. And, you know, um, I'm not a stand up. So I, I wish I was. <laughs> I have such a... Oh, um, I think that improv... I was talking about that. I just did a Marvel panel before I got here. And I know I was telling you that um, off air. But um, we talked about... There were some improvisers mm-hmm. on the panel. And we talked. I talked about how I tend to enjoy being friends with improvisers mm-hmm. because they're taught to listen. And somebody else was laughing. And I was like, okay, well, you guys are at least taught to pretend to listen. Yes. And I appreciate that <laughs> yeah, very much. I didn't and, hear a word you just said. I was thanks. looking at the lights on the Well, thing. the lights are beautiful. Yeah, I was I'm saying like some pretty horrible, politically keys. offensive Still not stuff. Listen, talking over you. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying really racist things <laughs> no, right now. No. It's terrible. No. <laughs> well, well, I do want to know, though. So take us... Take us, uh, the vast your hometown audience. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll find out. We'll find out. But um, take us through like the basics of your uh, your autobiography as far as geography. Where were you born? You weren't born in Jersey. I was born in New York City. Okay, uh-huh. what uh, hospital? Lenox Hill. Okay. <laughs> yeah, is that is that fancy? I feel no, like that's I just not wanted. Fancy. <laughs> I was just pretending. One of the joys of being a stand up is pretending to know something about oh, something yeah, i guess i, I believe crowd that. work i'm doing crowd work right now there's no one in here with me <laughs> <laughs> anybody have a birthday you adam pally great yeah i do so you came into the world uh i came into the world mm-hmm. um Lenox Hill hospital and my, my parents were um my dad was an actor and uh a musician and my uh mother was in a band with him she was a singer really yep and it was called pally and pal and like toward the catskills <laughs> oh my 
God. Um, I'm very happy right now. <laughs> and they did that for a long time till I was about seven. So you come from performers. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then my dad kind of got disenchanted with the industry, I think. A couple things didn't quite like kick his way. And so he had this other passion and he went back to medical school. Sure. Typical story. And at 33, 34, I think he was, he moved us all to Chicago where we were for five years. That's why my accent is like this. Mm -hmm. We lived in Skokie, Illinois, and he went, finished up his residency in medical school. And then after that, we moved back to uh, Livingston um, because my mom's sister, uh, who we were very close with, had just bought a house there. So we moved like a mile from them. Um, and it was close to the city, uh, so my parents could feel like cosmopolitan. And, yeah, and, uh, <laughs> that's what a lot of us did in Jersey, of right? Of course. And then, um, and yeah, and so that's that's I think that's like kind of how I think that's all of it. So, how old were you when you got to Livingston at a time when you can really like eleven? I okay, think. yeah. So that's a pretty tender age, and mm-hmm. a pretty. I, I used to be a high school teacher years ago, and we studied adolescent development a bit in my master's program oh god and here that, we go <laughs> let me just Fuck. dive in oh shit no, you know what i didn't even need to give that background to say something that's just very obvious which is that 11 that's those tween years that's a really tender time you're heading yeah. into puberty it like tough yeah was it weird adjusting to school like do you remember culturally were there differences in livingston versus where you had lived before yes yeah it's the suburbs you know i had skokie is is on the l you know, so it, as much as it's like, you know, where the Jews were at the time, it was also heard of them. Uh, yeah, it was also, you know, think of it as like Long Island City or something. It's like, you know, um, you it, it's city it was part of Chicago uh, to me, at least. Um, and uh, I mean, the further once you get to like Evanston, it starts to get a little like, yikes. But uh, <laughs> um, no, I love Evanston. <laughs> My friends are going to kill me. I, uh, I did a college gig in Evanston that was very fun and I made lots of money so i'm a big evanston fan no evanston's great <laughs> evanston's great but no. so you went from pro- just, being a kid who yeah. probably was used to public transportation and yes, used to exactly big it was city like I, yeah we got a car you know and we drove from chicago to new jersey and that was like insane that we had a dodge aries it's like we have a car Ooh, you know an aries it was yeah. like named after a constellation mm-hmm. and then we got a dodge caravan when we got to jersey we, needed a van. Yeah. we had a tourist station wagon of some kind mm. uh, probably I remember sitting back so, so you could sit backwards yes yeah yeah that was very that was vomit key. machine well you went from you went from the chicagoland area mm-hmm. and you went to livingston which uh by the way mm-hmm. as of the 2010 census mm-hmm. had a population of twenty nine thousand three hundred sixty six people so I'm going to guess when you were growing up, it was probably a little less than that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, whatever, like, let's say 23,000. Pick a random ass number. That's sure. a lot smaller than what you were used to, I would assume. Yes. Yeah. But again, like when you're 10 and 11 and we, my family was really tight. I have a younger sister and my mom was pregnant with my youngest sister at the time. So like my family was really, really tight. My parents had a really nice marriage and like uh, it was um, a really close knit nucleus kind of. And so the moving around never really felt um, like an obstruction because it was just like, this is where the family is now, you know? Um, uh, culturally, I went in in Chicago to um, a Jewish day school. Oh, you're Jewish. I'm Jewish. I hadn't gotten that. Oh, so yeah, yeah. Big <laughs> I just Jew. thought you were Irish. No. So you went to God a Jewish day school. Was it like a like a sh- what like a, I had some friends who went to like Schechter, Schechter schools. Yeah. yeah. So you in were at like a Chicago. Schechter school, mm-hmm. and then you get here, and what happens? They put me right 
back into a Schecter <laughs> because they didn't want to even um, like risk it. And, and, and risk I your think, interaction with the Goyim. I think that that was like the beginning of kind of like a rebellion. I think that's kind of like where I started to kind of rebel a little. And I, um, the year of my bar mitzvah was uh, asked to leave Simon <gasps> Schecter. What did you do? I I uh, I defaced some religious artifacts in like a a, a, a fit of teen angst and rage mm-hmm. against the system, kind of. Um, that's also the developmentally speaking. That's uh, the age to do that. That's where we try to separate ourselves yeah. from. Like you can look back at it and be like, "Oh man, I wish I hadn't done that," or maybe you are glad you did it. But that is. That's the age where we're supposed to do that, where we're supposed to not necessarily deface religious artifacts, but we're supposed to do things. We're supposed to do the big fuck you, right? Yeah, and I, I guess yeah, and I and I I did it, and uh, it it didn't work out great for me in that school, but it did put me into public school, which was like a real blossoming. I, I kind of found how to translate that anger, rage into into comedy. I was like instantly working in the. They had a television studio, and like, oh, cool. I, as soon as I got to. Uh, school, I was like doing sketches and in the television studio and filming them and making movies and stuff. And so it was, it was just kind of like on from that moment. So I think a lot of people sadly didn't grow up in New Jersey. I've heard that rumor. And what I would say is that about, I also grew up in New Jersey. I grew up in a very well-funded public school. And so a lot of them are, I would assume. I mean, I feel like my public school is yeah. pretty well. Were you Livingston High? Yeah. So a lot Chelsea of the schools. Chelsea do you are you guys on like a notable alumni no list? In fact, is there a wikipedia entry no in fact i was talking about this with um another graduate uh tony winner nikki james uh who's a good friend of my wife's and, and mine um and she's in something called the livingston high um ring of, of fame oh the ring of fame and i looked it up and it does exist and also in that is Chelsea Handler, uh-huh. uh, the fatty Cuomo, or not Cuomo, fatty, whatever, fatty fucking mayor. I know what you're talking about. Mayor, uh, 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 um, what's this? The bridge, got closed on the bridge. Yeah. Uh, Chris Christie. Chris, Chris Christie. Christie. Chris Christie. I thought you were going to say fatty Arbuckle. I was no. like, Jesus. No, Chris Christie, Chris Christie and right? uh, uh, Jason Alexander and- are all in that. Uh, mm. Living High School mm. Ring of Fame. Like, how many TV shows do you have to be on to get into it? Is the question. You know, Nikki didn't have an answer for my wife on that. Um, but we are both my wife and I are very upset. Well, we're filing a claim. I think <laughs> you should file a claim. No, I, think... I actually wear it as a sense of pride. I think it's cool. But somebody's going to hear this because this is going to be the biggest podcast in the world, and somebody's going to go, "Well, now we have to put Adam in no, the Ring I of refuse. Flames." I refuse. It's like I, 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 me- refuse. I think like oh gosh, she was. I think Megan Amram like still isn't verified on Twitter, which is ridiculous because she's so huge and, and uh, is such an incredible television writer and yeah, performer and everything else. Funniest. I really th- have. I've never asked Megan this, but I feel like at some point they probably tried to verify her, and she was like, "No." That just seems like yeah. something she'd do. Uh, I mean, no, mm-mm, don't need it. Yeah. Not I interested. Don't I don't know. I mean, I, Hunter and Central Regional High School in Flemington, New Jersey, I don't think they have a, it's, I don't know who would be in it, the the notable alumni. Um, Vera Farmiga went to my school. I love Vera Farmiga. She is so talented. Is that how you pronounce it? I, I don't know. Sometimes I say Farmiga, sometimes I say Farmiga. Farmiga. One, I, I thought, I always thought it was Vera Farmiga. It probably is. It just sounds better. Like, I know. Farmiga. Sounds like there would have to be a direction from the grammar, right? Like some kind of umlaut or. I feel like you just. I'm no. I you're you're 
taking apart the surname in a way that I really like because it demonstrates your ear, your listening ear. Did you learn that at UCB? (laughs) (laughs) I love when reporters or interviewers always try to bring it back to whatever the fuck the thing is in really awkward ways. So I'm just going to keep trying to do that. Mm -hmm. When I talked to you about Livingston Incorporated, February 5th, 1813. Uh, Do you know, by the way, who Livingston, New Jersey is named for? Ron Livingston. <laughs> He's so charming. He can do anything. He's the best. He's the best. He's so cute. Um, no, it was named for slightly less cute, slightly less flexible as a performer. William Livingston, who was the governor of New Jersey from 1776 to 1790 and signed the U.S. Constitution and, much like you, had 13 kids. God. I, <laughs> 13 of your beautiful children. I, I have a lot of kids. I have three kids. So you grew... All right. So you're growing up in Livingston. You get to Livingston High because mm-hmm. Schechter was like, you got to go. And you were like, ah, oh, fine. And then how did you... I mean, did you have a sense growing up? Did you have the sense of like pride and being from Livingston? Or did you not give a fuck? I didn't care. I had, I had no attachment. I was already like one eye on the city and coming in every weekend and... My, you know, my cousins lived here. My grandmother lived here. I was already like kind of from the moment I got there, I was the one foot out the door kind of. So your whole life, it sounds like you were kind of a New York expat. I mean, you were born here I and lo- then yeah, brought I love elsewhere. It. I love it. I keep, I keep coming back. I keep getting dragged back here. Yeah. I mean, you vastly prefer it to Los Angeles, right? No, <laughs> I'm not. I don't know. I love Los Angeles. I think Los Angeles is amazing and uh, beautiful and really a great place to live um and i you know your life sometimes your life just takes you back to where you're from i um i love los angeles and new york both so much i live in la now but i'm back east all the time for my family mm-hmm. and i i have this theory that when we talk about whether we love a place or not it doesn't often have to do with the physical characteristics of the place or even necessarily the weather. We may Mm -hmm. like the weather. We may like the mountains. We may like whatever. But it it has to do with the emotional experiences that we have while we're in that place. So I love Asheville, North Carolina, not just because it's gorgeous. I've heard it's beautiful. Oh, it's awesome. I have it tattooed on my arm. Wow. It's passionate. It's passionate for sure. I mean, I have a a chef's amount of tattoos. (laughs) So I, I, you know, I have a lot of bad ones. I have three New Jersey. Uh, I do have three uh, speaking places to which I have various emotional attachments. Uh, I have three tramp stamps, uh, lower, ba- tramp lower back stamps. tattoos, lower back tattoos. Yes. And that's very emblematic of the time. Uh, 90s, early 2000s, New Jersey. Yeah. It's just kind I, of a thing. I feel like a, yeah. Tramp stamps have aged fine. It's a badge of honor, I guess. Yeah. I just feel like it's like, a, you know, tattoos have become non really not a thing yeah they're just they're they're so conventional yeah totally when um when you were growing up in in livingston i i love ghost stories you remember stories about any houses that were haunted or or like weird stories like hey you know that kid that kid who looks weird well he looks weird because once upon a time like just bizarre suburban legends um, it makes me think of, Ge- I mean, Gethard edit- was an editor at... Chris Gethard. Yeah, yeah, he was an editor at Weird New Jersey for a really long time. Yes. And I love all those stories. Yes, they're great. I don't remember a ton of them, um, but I do remember stuff like uh, like um, like 50 Cent bought a house. <laughs> <laughs> 
like this like mega compound <laughs> in Livingston, or, or everyone thought he did. So we would like drive our bikes. Your bikes. <laughs> and Just like, wait to see if well, Curtis, that's his real name, right? Curtis Jackson. Wait yeah. to see if Curtis would emerge. Yeah, because like the biggest deal. Um, and But I never, no one ever saw him and no one ever knew, but people swore that 50 Cent lived in Livingston. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Like, Livingston is kind of, honestly, is kind of sleepy. It was very divided uh, between um, Jews and. Uh, I would say lesser people. No, there was just a big division. It was like one of those. It was one of those suburban like Jews and everybody towns. else, or it was, was it Jews and like black kids, like, or what? Was? No, it, not particularly. It was just like Jews and non-Jews. It was mm-hmm. like a big division in a, in in our town. You know where where I grew up in you know south of there in Flemington, New Jersey. It was so dominated by pretty much wasps, and then. Um, Catholics mm-hmm. too, so it was like a a lot of Presbyterians mm-hmm. and a lot of Catholics, some Italian Catholics, more Irish, some Polish Catholics. But it was very kind of my town was Victorian and cute and looked like uh, it looks like a beautiful town in in Connecticut. And it's yeah. out in the country, so it's a kind of a different Jersey experience. Livingston does not. Livingston is gross. <laughs> Livingston is disgusting. It, Livingston has. It's a. It's, does it look like a Springsteen town? Yeah. Like just like hard scrabble. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, it's nicer now, um, but not really. Like when I was there, there was like a Seven Eleven. That was about it. Yeah, and there was a diner. Um, but it sounds like a pretty safe place to grow up. I think it was a safe place to grow up. Sure. Yeah, it wasn't like a dangerous town, but but Jersey. The, was part of Jersey's charm to me still. I, what I like about Jersey is it's forever unchanged. Like those diners are still there mm-hmm. and no one's updated them and they still serve the same shit. And like, that's what Jersey is. So there's like an Apple store there t- too. Yeah. But like, there's also this like place that makes fresh burrata, you know, like Jersey is very much like that. I think that's really cool. Uh, it's very old school, old world. And I think that's something that's Jersey is the most, densely populated states so it's the third smallest state in the union but it's the most densely populated state so the most people packed per square mile and actually livingston is of the 566 municipalities in jersey livingston in terms of density is 281st so it's kind of right smack in the middle it's a pretty densely populated town like there's a lot of people packed into i mean this is yeah, it's now it's big. like thirty thousand people packed into like 14 square miles yeah it's not a big like i there were Oftentimes, I would ride my bike to another town. You know, it's not like a va- mm-hmm. like a huge town. And that sounds crazy to people from more rural areas. Like, how did you so, do yeah. that? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's not. Yeah, it's not like the country. It's yeah. Jersey. It's swampland. It's gross. <laughs> it's disgusting. <laughs> That's why we love it. Yeah, this is very special. It's very special. There's a charm to it. Some parts are beautiful. Jersey's so diverse. And I was saying to um, saying to somebody recently, I think that one of the them films that i think gets it the most right is harold and kumar go to white castle <laughs> because they're just going through if you watch that movie you I, can tell I it's made it's mad magical and you can tell it's made from people who actually know jersey because they're going from like it's all about driving around new jersey right. basically and then neil patrick harris has a deus ex machina and there's a cougar i think but basically i mean that revived and his also career weird. Yeah, it was great because he was such career. a dick, and then he got the job on. Yeah, that yeah. was like a. Uh, it was amazing. Yeah, 
But it was in that t- they're going from town to town to town. Like they're in Princeton, they're in New Brunswick, they're going all over the place to try and fucking find White Castle. But it's these little towns, and that that film also gets the diversity of the fact that there's like a very strong, there's a huge Asian population in huge. New, like New Jersey is so packed with of, yeah like it's, folks from all over the world. Yes, and that's and that was a great thing to to that I did have a, a, a diverse group of friends, but there you know like again there was a strong division between like the Jews and the non-Jews. Were you the Jewish kid in? Your your public school friend group no so there were a lot no. of jewish kids in yes yeah. i also like I, I floated i didn't really have a public school friend group again i was like not not that i was a nerd i was just interested in all this stuff different stuff so like i had a band and i was on a, the basketball team and i you know for a couple of years until i found weed and then <laughs> and then then you were on the weed team and then i was on the weed team and then i Met my wife later on, and this is like in very, college, in high school, actually. What? Yeah. Did you guys start dating in high school? We did. Yeah. Shut the front. That's like my parents. They got yeah. together when they were seventeen at Baumbrook High. My parents too, and her parents. So wow. I think it's kind of destined. So you you met? Was she at Livingston? She was. She was a senior, and I was a junior. Oh my! Oh my God! She was a cougar. Yeah. That was very wild to be a senior girl dating a it junior was. boy. Was like what? And I was kind of like a weirdo, you know. So like it was a. And she was kind of a mean girl, so it was like a big. It was not scandalous, but people were like, "Taylor, what are you doing?" You know. Um, <laughs> and you were but, like, "You're mean. I love you." I and like, she was like, mean. "I'm good at art, and yeah, I guess I'm, I'll tolerate and you." And I'm very mean. And I, was like, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> I like, love you. Be terrible to me. And <laughs> she was the, like, "I'm just going to be really good at art and yeah, a and, nice person, and, yeah, but mean to you. Mean to me." And I'm like, I, that's "It's exactly really what I such mean. a good method for honestly." Like I have to say, young girls, listen. For all the teens <laughs> listening, just say no to guys all the time. It's wonderful. I don't do it enough, but I've started doing it more, and it's so fun. You yes. just say no a lot, yes. and then they give you things like a wedding ring. I was smitten uh, <laughs> with how me, still am with how both loving, and she cuts me with like one side eye. She's and, a hard ass. And I'm dead. Um, That's awesome. But I love it. And so we met, and then we were kind of like very, you know, tight uh, and best friends too. And so. That I just never really had like a a, a group of you weren't like, just like these are my bros and we do everything together. I had you a had couple a groups of, like that. Yeah, I had like a couple friends like that. I had friends like from all over the school like that, uh, but never like one of my best friends was a year older than me, mm-hmm. and then um, uh, my sister was in high school with me, so I hung out with her a lot. Like it was like I don't know, I, I floated. I was a floater. That's cool though. It, I mean, I think that you know. Obviously, Livingston is not like the love of your life as a town, but you sounds like you you're describing a largely positive experience. And yeah, like, my, my, not to tell tales out of school, but our friend Curtis was like, Adams comes from great people. His family's great. There's great people. Oh, His parents are great. Wow. They were great people. Great people. This Curtis is a terrible is, Curtis impression. No, it's, it's actually very spot on. <laughs> Curtis great. is, you know, one of the loves of my life, that man. Yeah. And um, I was like, oh, it's rare to hear somebody who is your, I mean, he's one of my best friends. And it's, it's, I, I think that it's rare to hear as adults, right? And our, um, we're just children in our thirties, but he's like 85 and it's rare <laughs> to hear a friend take time to go. And this person comes from good good stuff good people like you know i don't hear that all the time well curtis had a special relationship i think with my parents um and and my parents were good yeah they were good people you know i i think i i come from good so it's probably why i wanted to emulate that that upbringing you know they had three kids they were married in high school you know i saw that as all positive and uh, all character building i think a lot of times stuff like that is viewed as 
like shackling or um but it's clearly not for you and your wife because you've you've lived in different parts of the country yeah, your career well, has expanded to her career we're, has expanded very, until you took it away from her <laughs> yes but we're very unique and we've gone through a lot and we continue to and we work incredibly hard at it you know these it's it's the most challenging thing ever to keep your relationship kind of on the level while being thrust into all these different directions and having children and having jobs it's it's a lot and you've witnessed both of you have witnessed that because you had parents who mm -hmm. clearly did that and, and lasted and yeah so. and, and it is it is that's so this is so weird adam but i mean how often are you in a room among let's say buddies right same general age group probably working whether working in entertainment or not doesn't matter where there's a lot of people our age who have parents who are still married and actually like each other who stayed married and actually are into each other it's not that yeah. common i think yeah no no and you know until until my mom passed away they were together mm -hmm. so i definitely feel lucky to to have that but everybody's got their shit you know oh, yeah so uh, I, 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 I'm very lucky and I don't think, and I think that, and they were so, um, supportive and, you know, I don't Would think they come in from Livingston oh, into every, the city? Cause this is something that's very am, great. I mean, they, of, you can schlep in and schlep out the pretty fact easy. That our, like Curtis was on my improv team mm -hmm. and talked about them as, you know, they knew everybody and they were there every night. They knew everything. They would come to the shows and, and you would do some pretty probably outrageous things. And I mean, I know doing stand up, I definitely said some bad words and told some stories in front of my folks who came in and my dad would sit in the back so he could leave if he got embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. You know, I never thought of it like that. I think because I learned kind of early on, or I put, or I, for me, I don't think I would say learn because I don't think it's for everybody, but I think for me, I put together this kind of train of thought where I realized that like, what act, acting is embarrassing. It's it's, an, <laughs> it's really embarrassing. It, you it, have to like sometimes take your clothes off or pretend to do something very silly. Well, even if just... you're even if you're not, you're pretending to do something, and pretending to do something is embarrassing. Even if it's not getting naked or running through a a, a, a crowded street, pretending there's a giant gorilla. Even if it's not, <laughs> even if it's not, even if there's two people in a room and I have to laugh really loud, like that's embarrassing. You know, acting is embarrassing. So you need to eliminate that if you're going to be a good actor, I think, because the moment is dictated by the writing of the or the, the situation. So you, you, you can't feel embarrassed because you wouldn't feel that embarrassment until after. So it's I think my parents and I always had a, a really good negotiation about it that like if I'm not like they would be more upset if I short armed it because I was embarrassed in front of them, then they would being like, Oh, you said some pretty fucked up shit. Like, well, they're also, they, you know, your mom and dad were musicians on tour together, right? Like they were performers together. So it's not the same yes. thing. And I was there. So they get the concept though. Yeah. I bet it was just, I, it, it was never talked about, but it was, I think that, that it was just understood that like that it would be more embarrassing to pull up short. You know, and okay. like edit yourself or or feel like you're like, oh, God, my parents are in the audience tonight. Like that would be more upsetting than to just do the best you could. I um, showed my parents. I did a short film a few years ago and um, my there's a like semi nude scene in it. And my my 
dad wanted to watch it except for that part. And so he made my mom promise she would like, I needed to like tell them what, you know, the time, not the time, the like, timestamp was where she had to like turn the laptop away and turn it back. And I remember reading that, um, which is fine. I was like, thanks dad. I don't want you to see that either. It's fine, but thanks for the support. But I also remember reading that um, this interview with Brian Williams, where he was talking about, they were like, do you watch Allison Williams, your daughter on girls? Because sometimes she has to do some stuff. And he was like, yeah, we watch it as a family. Like we wa- we get together and we watch it. And do your, do your parents, I mean, first of all, obviously, I'm talking about supportive parents here, but do your parents watch like everything? That, did, did they watch everything that, that you do? Yes. That's yes, cool. They watched everything. I would go further than my parents and my grandma who's still around <gasps> watches everything. She, Should you call her Bobby? What do you call her? Just grandma. Oh, my God. But, um, grandma. She watches everything. She Googles me like incessantly oh and will tell me news like as if it's – she's like, your movie's coming out on this day. I'm like, really? <laughs> my mom to... used to subscribe to Variety and would send me the notices when it was a friend. Like, your yeah. friend got a deal at Netflix. I'm like, yes. I know. Yeah, it's great. That's, <laughs> I know, that's all you want to hear. Uh, I yeah. um, <laughs> uh, I think uh, my family is super supportive and they, they all and – I, and, I, and like I keep it tight. Kind of, I live back here now, um, and uh, my production company is only me and my cousin. Who, Tell us about what the production company is called, what you've done. It's called Clone Wolf, mm-hmm. um, and uh, we produce a show called The President Show, and uh, have a new show coming out on YouTube uh, and uh, called uh, Champagne Ill with <gasps> me That's and exciting. Sam Richardson uh, on December 12th, and just a lot of stuff. A lot of a lot of stuff, and 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 he's it like he's my cousin. It's kind of like you know, uh, there's no one else around. It's of. you're keeping it in the family in this really kind of. I think it's interesting what you're just what you've been describing is a really kind of old world approach to business and family and creativity. Even though you're living in this very modern era. And you're talking about things like, you know, performing on uh, screens and things we didn't have in the old world. But like you're it, it clearly like, do you find that you tend to trust people more the longer you've known them or the No, the- no, I think I'm a quick trust. Mm-hmm. I think that like I can kind of vibe someone out and be like, no, you seem like a good person. Yeah. Um, By the way, I the panel I was just on was with Mike Drucker and I mentioned oh, I was coming to do this and Drucker was like. I love Bally. I love working for him. Oh. I'm like, I've known Drucker for a long time. And he, uh, you know, I would, he, he wouldn't say that if he didn't mean it. Oh, and he genuinely, and I thought that sweet. was a cool, because working on the president show yes. with you guys. He's and, the greatest, such yeah. a talented writer. Yeah. Do you, like, does your family visit set, like, mm-hmm. wherever you are? Yep. That's cool. Yep. Um, they never miss it. If you, like... <laughs> If you could point to like a teacher or someone growing up um, who was a positive influence on who you are today, and that that could be artistically, creatively, it could be just as a person. Like I'm wondering if it sounds like you had this really expansive kind of flowering time in high school. I'm wondering who was there going, Adam, you're funny. You have to do sketches or here. Here's the equipment. Do it. Use the lab. Do it. Yeah, I did. I had a teacher uh, in the television studio, um, <laughs> ironically named John Daly. <laughs> really? Yes. Uh, <laughs> Who is John Daly? <laughs> uh, playing the saxophone. I bet, I bet, you know, I bet there are a lot of white Irish John Daly's there's in the, the East the Coast. There's the golfer. There's yeah. a lot. I mean, my dad's name is John Donnelly. It's very close. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Daly uh, 
came in midway through the freshman year because something had happened with the old TV teacher. He quit or got another job or something. And Mr. Daly came in and I was, it was just starting my first class there. And it's like an elective, you know, it was like, I got to be in there one day a week. And, um, I was making these little, um, videos where I would take a sketch from a rap album mm-hmm. like uh, when uh, Eminem would call um Rosen what uh, what's his manager's name or whatever and they would have like a conversation and I would take South Park and like edit it so that it would look like the conversation was going on between like South Park characters. So you're doing shit that is gets memed now yes, that gets so popular like, in past you're doing memes, that basically. like <laughs> before YouTube was invented. But I didn't know what to do with them, you know like I was just kind of like you, because you were literally ahead of the time. You were well, ahead of the I technology. Say that. I was just like high and like, this is fun. <laughs> this is cool. Like, look how funny this is. And I, and then I would like. So he encouraged me. He was like, "Why don't you do your own voices? Why don't you write your own script for it?" And so then I was like, "That's a funny idea." So I wrote one that like incorporated the morning announcements, and <laughs> he put it on the tv for the, all the kids and then that became kind of like a thing and then i met a, another friend of mine and we kind of started working together and then i just was like from the time i was a sophomore till i graduated i every friday would do like a sketch show for like a lot like it was like a 45 week you know like hours and hours of tape um that's amazing you were training already for what and and all it takes is one adult to say no yeah and there to, were plenty i mean yes. i got in a ton of trouble um but I think that, like you're saying, like who was reaffirming, he would, you know, just him being like into that, those memes things I was doing instead of like not kind of put, was like, oh, that, that that is a good idea. You know, it didn't come from a place of like scolding or this mm-hmm. is wrong, you know. Um, what a good teacher. Thanks, Mr. Daly. He is a good teacher. He is a good teacher. He's a good dude. Um, and, uh, but yeah, and so then the affirmation, I don't think he gave me a ton of affirmation because he had, you know, a million students mm. or whatever. But the, the, like, I could tell the school liked it, you know. And Someone's just having a grown-up say, yeah, sure, you can do that. Cool, yeah. And yes. they don't have to coddle you or say, no. oh, you're perfect. You're so talented. They can just go, yeah, sure, if you need the camera and uh, there's a VHS. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Go for it. It's Yeah, totally. And so that kind of changed my kind of view on stuff and then um that it was kind of all ahead from there I, I made a movie my sophomore year of high school i didn't i like stopped going to sleepaway camp it was like an odd time i guess you're like growing up but you're also it's like had you gone to the same sleepaway camp for years yeah was I it like a jewish camp or i think it was jewish called mackinac in in massachusetts oh, okay. um uh so to anybody listening, if you think that you went to sleepaway camp with me, because that's what I get the most of anything, you probably did. <laughs> I get a lot. Of, that's so weird. You get that too. I get it a lot. I'm. I'm. I get it. <laughs> I get it a lot from people who are like, <laughs> "You remind me of this girl I went to camp with," and I'm always like, "Would she had big tits?" And you were in eighth grade, and she <laughs> swore, and they're like, "Yeah," and I'm yeah. like, "Cool." She probably gave you your first hand job. Right. Like that's, that's who. I'm like, I'm glad that's what at 37. That's what I'm bringing to the table. <laughs> yes. But you know, I, when people, I think I've come to realize. I think when people say that, uh, taking aside like the boner teen shit, I think when people say that, 
like first of all with you it's different because you've been on tv a lot and in movies and shit so people like sometimes are just trying to make that connection of like Mm -hmm. is that my cousin or Mm -hmm. did i watch you on tv but i think there's a feeling of they feel a feeling of like positive familiarity and that's why they're like did we go to wait you know they kind of look at you i have another explanation for it okay go for it it's anti-semitic oh really Uh for how okay well like i spent a lot of time uh in shooting in cities that don't necessarily have like a a high jewish population Mm -hmm. not that they're hostile towards jews but like places like you know toronto atlanta they have a lot of jews but it's not like common yeah you know what i mean whereas i think in north jersey yeah or miami Judaism or kind of helps define California, the culture yeah it's like different and oftentimes what i will get there is do i know you mm. which my instinct is to go like oh maybe they've seen me on television mm-hmm. and i go I, I don't know uh and then they go you look just like, which is never a good thing to hear because it's never going to be positive. And they, you look just like my sister's best friend's husband. That's so specific. And you, and you go, oh, yeah? Is his name Josh? <laughs> <laughs> is it Gabriel? And I, I'm telling you, like, the percentage must be like 75%. They go, oh, my God, yes. And then you go, I look like a Jew. <laughs> I'm like the drawing of a Jewish man. So what you're equating me to is another Jewish man that you've seen. Wow. I... I mean, I get Max Greenfield more than I get myself. Really? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're both very handsome, talented people. He is way people. more handsome than I am. You are both very he is, handsome. He's a, he a beautiful man. Very talented, beautiful, great bone structure. He is a beautiful structure. man, but I think people honestly are just like Jews. Um, I read as Jewish to a lot of people, which sounds like an offensive thing for me to say. Uh, but here's why I say that, because a lot of times people um, will uh, on the Internet. Well, first of all, growing up, people would just assume that I was Jewish. And I remember one time uh, going to the mall at Short Hills mm-hmm. in Jersey. It's a very Jewish place. A, 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 no, that's not what it I mean. It is a very Jewish place. I don't I, no, I'm saying I went to the mall <laughs> uh-huh. to get a prom dress and a I was like, excuse me, it's could you help Jewish me? Activity. And a woman, I'm about to say something very racist. No, a woman said to me, oh, I always have time to help a nice Jewish girl. And I said, oh, I'm sorry. Because I was, said, I'm sorry. I said, I'm sorry. Well, yeah, because Jews are dope. I wish I were Jewish, oh but God, I ended up being no Catholic. That's so, terrible. so I was like, I'm sorry. I'm, I said, oh, I'm sorry. I'm Catholic. And she said, <laughs> she said, you don't have to be ashamed. She thought that I was like hiding my Judaism. And it was such an interesting moment in, in the Short Hills Mall, 1998 Short Hills Mall. And there I was like go. a cultural educational moment is happening here that I couldn't clock. But when I'll I'm teach on, you to shop at Jessica McClintock. I know. Oh, God, I love Jessica McClintock. Thank you for knowing that. Um, I find that the of the many epithets that I get called uh, online when I write something political or whatever, <laughs> I, or I do talking head stuff on TV um, about news shit. Uh, it's usually anti-Semitic. It's a hmm. lot of that. It's, yeah. There was a website. Come for the Jews. There was a website called Let's Eiffel Tower That Bitch that put me on it uh, because they wanted they and it was um, which like everybody Google Eiffel Tower. It's a terrible idea. But uh, they did a special Hebrew edition. It was like women they wanted to fuck. Right, these mm-hmm. two dudes. And kind of like a devil's threesome, if you will. Uh, and uh, triangle, triangle, the, the triangle. Yeah, and so. Um, they did a special like Hebrew edition and put me on it. Congratulations. Thank you so much. I feel great. So the point is, 
that I think that when you read as something to people, you get to hear a lot of interesting stuff that you might not otherwise. And it gave me an early education and continues to in the level of anti-Semitism that a lot of my friends have experienced. That said, I've never like I never would think that, but that you, that you get that. That's so weird. Well, I think that's what it is. But I think that um, first of all, I could never equate that literal abuse that you take online to oh, anything I, I, that no, I go to. That I, is horrible. No, but like I, you know, I wasn't raised. I wasn't raised Jewish with the understanding of the kind of anti-Semitism no, that Jews even deal as, with. As a woman, that is a terrible well, website yes. and thing to deal with. So I would never even. I'm sure you're on some porn equate. sites. I am on a lot of porn sites. Um, <laughs> I look at some fucked up shit, but uh, but that that to me, Adam, is so strange. And, and you, it sounds like you grew up very, you know, culturally Jewish uh-huh. in the mo- these modern United States, like. Uh-huh. Were you prepped for the idea that you would sometimes in places where there were not a lot of Jewish folks get this kind of weird like otherness, this alien kind of thing? Yeah, I think that um, this has come across my way, this question a lot lately, because I'm sending my kids to a Jewish school, which I think people are surprised about considering I was expelled from one for hating it. We talk about Judaism, I think, relatively frequently as being culturally part of your life. I do. And I believe. So here's what I here's what I feel very strongly about. I don't agree with a ton of the religion. I don't really like religion in in general. Um, I think it's fabricate. I think all religion is like a money making scheme, um, uh, which is unfortunate because what it really is is about like um, where these these populations originated. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And 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 it's like so so the Judaism that I uh, cling to is like a cultural Judaism and because of the amount of like murder and bloodshed and um, you know uh, just hardships that the Jews have gone through I feel it important to to say like yeah I'm Jewish I don't I don't like the politics of Israel right now. I, you know, but Judaism I, but is not like, is not Israel, you right? Know? And so that's what I'm saying. It's like I yeah. don't the religious aspect of it and the Israeli aspect of it is like I I, I feel a lot of ways about a lot of it. But what I do feel is important is knowing that you are if you are Jewish is knowing that you're Jewish, knowing why, and knowing that when the shit hits the fan, they're going to come for you because mm-hmm. uh, that is true. I think there are as many. I mean, speaking as a as a shiksa, uh, so obviously not having insider knowledge. Although apparently I'm two percent Ashkenazi. Thank you. Oh but well, then that website is fine. Through my mother's mother's side, yeah, so it totally counts. Yeah, they can totally fucking Eiffel Tower yeah. me in the Hebrew edition. But um, <laughs> what I have noticed uh, is that it seems to me that there are as many Judaisms as there are Jews, and this I think is probably true for all religions that there are as many. Catholicisms as there are Catholics. But the the difference to me is that whereas I was raised Catholic, which is the world's oldest, largest and most successful corporation, um, that that there is a doctrine that is centrally, you know, it's it's HQ is in Rome. They design it. They disseminate it around the world. It gets changed a little bit in individual cultures. You can kind of just rubber stamp it. Right. But for Judaism, there's no such governing body. So it seems like there's a lot of room for individual adaptation. Yeah, because it's it's antiquated. You know, like there are um, 
you know, like the Ten Commandments, <laughs> it's it's antiquated. It's old. It's like it's old. <laughs> it's some old it's shit. Some old shit. I mean, like there are values that are totally true in there. Sure, like let's not kill anybody. Mm-hmm. But like respect your parents. Yeah, etc. But, but like eating meat, eating pork, like that was because at the time there was like what is essentially salmonella in pork. Mm-hmm. There, there were was concerns not about there were concerns like we don't yeah. want the Jews to die because they're being fed the shitty meat. We don't want them to get trichinosis. Right. So, I think that's what it's called. I forget. <laughs> so it's like that. That rule to me is like, are you crazy? Of course I'm going to eat pork. It's fucking delicious. <laughs> awesome. So you, you can separate the history from like uh, because it makes no sense. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? And so like you, everything is open for interpretation. Nothing in the world is black and white. So, so what you're saying is you're very anti circumcision. Um. I don't think I am. <laughs> I know. I think about it. My, I was just trying I'm to start. I was and my just, sons are circumcised. I was just trying to start a really weird rumor about you. Like this is no, his I'm activism. I'm conforming on that. I mean, like, yeah. I think everyone got circumcised. I got circumcised. For Thank sure. God. I needed everyone to. I need huh. everyone to know. But like, I think that's assumed. But it seems like you know it, it is such an integral part of your life and and just sort of identity. And I think identity when we're when we do comedy like identity inevitably i know you're not a stand-up but you do perform and you do end up talking about yourself in interviews such as this one Mm -hmm. and it seems like judaism is an integral part of your identity it is not like i am so non-observant i don't go to (laughs) temple i uh if like i work on the high holidays i um don't celebrate the sabbath i uh have satyrs because you drink a lot of wine and they're fun. It's kind of a party in my house. I love satyrs. Um, everyone invite me and all I love, the time. And I like getting together as a family and like talking about like that shit. And I like philosophy. Mm-hmm. I like, you know, I like th- thinking about the world in, 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 in different ways. But I, um, I identify as it because it's who I am. You know, it's, 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 um, people define me by that and I own it. And Mm. because I know (laughs) that again, like when the shit hits the fan, they're going to come for me. Mm -hmm. And so I have to do everything I can to make sure that that doesn't happen. And the only way to do that is to like claim it and be like, you cannot come for me. And just own it and own who you are Mm -hmm. and have pride in that. Mm Mm-hmm. Did I you mean, not like celebrate it. Right. <laughs> like, you know, I don't have like a Hanukkah tree. I'm not like a <laughs> maniac. I Again, I don't celebrate anything. I, but I we're just not just like, talking about religious rituals. We're talking about ethnic identity. I, yeah, I we're guess talking I, I guess about I, your, your people. I guess I ethnically do identify, you know. Um, when you were growing up, did you feel this way? And could you have crystallized it in this fashion? Or did you... Did you resent it ever? Did you resent like uh, having resented, to, you know, go having to have religion, having yes, to have traditions? I, re- I resented that no one would let me. <laughs> you know, I grew up in a conservative household mm-hmm. and a conservative education. Can and- you break that down just a lo- not to make you a, a theologian, but can you break down for some people who might not know the difference between like Reform Judaism and conservative? Well, I, I, take that out of it. The word conservative and think mm-hmm. of what conservative. Imagine the conservatives like in America, like mm-hmm. it was a conservative household. We paid attention to the rules. We went to temple. You know, I went to a Jewish day school that made you pray every day and, you know, wear the yarmulke and stuff like that. And I when I got to this age, I was just like, I don't believe in this. I, I find I'm poking holes at this. Especially don't like a lot of your like, you know, God shit. Um, 
but I do, but I do identify. Why isn't there a place for me? And that and I think that that's just. Uh, and it feels like there was just like. Uh, I thought there was just an earthquake. No, I think there was a car accident <laughs> under a building. You feel that way more. No, than I you felt. Do. Yeah, yeah. I, I when I feel a rumbling anywhere now, I'm like, oh, it's an earthquake. No, no, I don't think so. Neither. I don't think so either. Probably a tsunami before an earthquake. But I, um, yeah, I. Do you know what I mean? Like, no, I, I do know. What I, I mean, I, I, uh, there's also a rich. No, I think you are because I think it's it's for somebody who comes from. Uh, a religion that is separate from one's ethnic identity, right? Like, so I grew up Italian and Irish or Sicilian and Italian and Irish. Um, so on each family, in each family side, there were traditions that were handed down from the the ancestors or the, the immigrants who came a few generations ago. That was separate from my Catholicism. You know, that was separate from that. You're, I don't think that like, your it doesn't sound to me like your Judaism is separate from, you know, my family was from Poland or my family was from Russia or my family was from wherever. It seems integrated. And that's if, if somebody was like, what are you? You'd probably say, oh, I'm Jewish. Oh, yeah, I don't say white ever. And I don't I w- believe I am white. I would say, well, because because whiteness is a status that's conferred upon people. So yeah. in some places you are considered by others white and other places not. Yeah, I'm, you don't, white, I'm yeah. white until they find out I'm Jewish and then I'm Jewish. And then they're like, Ugh. and then they're like, you're Jew. I mean, like, that's so, uh, you know, in some ways, yeah, like um, when I, if like a cop was driving by, I would be like, thank God I'm white. Yeah, you get get some of the privileges of whiteness conferred upon you, but for like white supremacists from aesthetic. But as soon as that cop finds out I'm Jewish, I'm a Jew, you know, so it's like it's a very hard line. And so I just feel like the way for me to describe is that I'm a Jew, like, let's just get it out of the way. I'm a Jew. That way that if I that way, it's like it's out on the table, It's out on the table. You know, (laughs) again, like I don't believe in it, a lot of it, but that doesn't that's not my choice, you know, like. There's a, the, there's a quality to it that has to do with who you are and the people you come from. And it doesn't mean that you sign on for it doesn't mean that you, you know, you keep kosher in the home necessarily or things like that. It means that, that this is who I am and, you know, deal with it or don't. Yeah. And I think I think that that was like the idealist America that I grew up. I think a lot of our, people our age grew up in, especially in the suburbs, was like this idea of a utopia where. Anybody could do could believe in anything like and live side friends. by side, you know, like all hold hands, all be friends. We are the world. Like that was what we grew up with. Mm-hmm. It's different now. It's for sure different. Um, but so I so I think that that led me to be frustrated and like, well, this is what I believe. Why don't I fit in this culture? And so it just let me figure out my own way to do it. And that's how I do it with my family. I'm wondering about as we're as we're wrapping up. I did want to talk briefly about um, your new show that's coming out. Oh, thank you. And I'm. It sounds. It just looks. So, can you talk a bit about it? Because I'm like, it does it because you guys shot Atlanta, right? But does it we take shot, place no, it, in Champaign? It, it takes place in 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 all over the okay. world, but mostly in Champaign, Illinois. And why did you? Why? Well, like what? I, I, it's not your show. You didn't create my, it. it. Did I, you create it? I did. I I produced it. Executive produced nice. it with the the Happy Endings guys. Your show. That's great. Um. I I'm not really allowed to tell you okay. anything. Okay. No but spoilers. I can tell no spoilers. you I can give you like a bit of a um a bit of an elevator pitch, I okay. guess. Okay, do it. I'm right. Re- I'm an executive and I'm ready. Uh, imagine <laughs> entourage of Oh, I love it. Hip hop. Yes. With no vents. 
That's better. That's better. Vince was the weak link in there. Not Adrian Grady. He's a great performer, but Vince was always the least interesting character. It was the the planets that right. revolve around the sun. It wasn't right. the sun itself. Exactly. So picture that. Okay, I'm picturing it. And and Sam Richardson is an an extraordinary performer. As are you. And Jay Farrow, amazing. Um, Danielle Schneider. Uh, I'm forgetting people, but I don't. I have, I have so many good people. Did you feel like you were uh, had to bring your your A plus plus game as a performer, considering that you're surrounded <laughs> by these like other A plus plus performers? Well, it definitely always brings your game up for sure when you're like with amazing people. Um, but I knew I had met Sam a couple times, and I knew that we would be we would click. And then like you know, as soon as we did the table read, I was just like, oh, this is like a dream. He's the greatest, funniest actor I've ever worked with, and I. Uh, feel lucky that i got to like soak up some of that sun you know and and uh made me better and and i think that i'm yeah i think it's really funny i think it's it's, it's nice to be on a show that's really funny because i because because i feel like sometimes lately like people are scared to put out something and go i'm trying to be funny with this <laughs> you know so <laughs> like um, we mean this yeah. we mean for this to be i funny. hope that you laugh yeah um so uh tell me again when it's coming out and where people can find it december 12th mm -hmm. and you can find it on youtube Nice. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Well, um, Adam, thank you so much for taking the time thank you for here in me. NYC. Thank you for having me. Of course. And uh, everybody, uh, you know, can follow you, I guess, on various... Well, where can they learn more about, um, like, other projects that you do, too? Is there, like, a, uh, an Adam Pally clearinghouse? Is there uh, an a clearinghouse? Are you on Instagram? I, I, I'm on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I have a website, I think. <laughs> <laughs> if my cousin is doing his job, I have a website. Um, Clone Wolf. Clone Wolf inc.com i believe um yeah you can find me you can google me thank you so much thank you for having me and that was my chat with adam thank you adam pally for coming in he is at instagram.com slash adam dot pally i'm on instagram as sarah j Casa, and also where you from pod on instagram and twitter hashtag where you from pod please rate subscribe tell your friends it's a great show they should listen to it. write glowing reviews about us whatever makes you feel good i wish you an awesome awesome week and we'll see you soon thanks a lot